Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is Sports Rage. Level 3 has begun. We'll welcome our AM radio affiliates uh, in a couple of moments. 21-15 right now for UCLA over Marquette. We pulled the trigger on UCLA plus the points. You're getting two and a half uh, right now. I think this game's going to go over to 140 and a half. We're already at uh, 36 points. There's nine minutes left in the first half. I'd like to see more fouls, uh, but the fouls will begin to happen. Both teams have three fouls uh, right now. This game is, you know, basically a toss-up, and, you know, you're getting points uh, in this game, two very good basketball teams. You could argue Marquette are supposed to be better, may, might be better than UCLA, but whatever. Uh, we're getting points right now. You got a six point lead plus two and a half total, 140 and a half. So the Philadelphia Eagles were trailing all night, uh, similar to the Montreal Alouettes. And we'll get into the Great Cup with our boy Mo Khan uh, later on. But once again, the Great Cup uh, delivered. And uh, similar score to tonight, right? 17 7. Should have known. <laughs> I think about that synergy type of stuff. Uh, when, 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 you know what I mean? I'm like, man, and I said it when we started the show tonight. I'm like, 17-7. like, man, <clears throat> Eagles down 17-7. That's what the score was in the, in the Great Cup last night at the half. An epic comeback by the, uh, the Montreal Alouettes. Dramatic game. As better than anything that was, like, going on in the NFL. But it's the Great Cup. The one thing I would suggest, though, with the Great Cup is and the CFL, they move their playoff games to Saturday, right? Normally they play Sunday all the time, and the championship game is on Sunday. Yet it's not so much to avoid the NFL on Saturday, but it's just a better sort of party day and stuff. But uh, Green Day played the halftime show and, um, you know, rave reviews. Everybody in the stadium liked it. The Green Day kicked ass. The game was, like, super dramatic. Um, you saw Chris Berman talking about it in his halftime report, uh, Fast 3 Minutes in uh, Sports tonight, as he always gives some love to the Great Cup Championship game. Shout out to everybody joining us on the Sports Grid Radio Networks on Sirius XM. Channel 159, I am Renzi. We're back from Vegas. Shout out to everybody that we met in Vegas and the regular listeners to the show, as uh, we always meet so many of you whenever we're, uh, we're in Sin City. And... Um, a lot of people from San Diego as well will welcome the San Diego market in, 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 a, in a couple of moments. So, Philadelphia Eagles get it done uh, tonight. And the Kansas City Chiefs could have, should have, probably really should have won the football game. Credit to the Philadelphia Eagles for doing what they did. You know, they they were down. They came back. Yet, 
the Kansas City Chiefs drop passes, their arch nemesis uh, this year. It's been a common pattern for them, and it rears, it, you know, it, it's only a, really a problem for them when they're not, you know what I mean, when they're not blowing the other team out, when they're not rolling the other team. And we've seen, like, their defense has carried this football team. You know, 21-14 game against uh, the, the Miami Dolphins. Patrick Mahomes said, trust me, the offense will come alive. And honestly, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs and the worst problem that you have is that your offense sucks, that's a probably good uh, problem to have considering you got Patrick Mahomes. But as good as Mahomes is, and I said during the game, I said, the thing is, man, like Kansas City, they're not great offensively, but Mahomes always finds a way to make that one play to keep that drive going, right? He'll scramble for it. He'll, He'll find a way to find somebody. Except he can't, as uh, Giselle once stated, um, Tom can't throw it and catch it. <laughs> I think she she was a little bit over the top. I, I imagine like if uh, you know, she saw these Kansas City Chief wide receivers. But Mahomes can't do it all, right? I mean, he can throw the ball. He threw a perfect ball. Like at first when I saw the ball to Scantling, I thought, you know what? This might be a little bit overthrown, but really – Scantling is freaking fast, fast, all right? This dude is one of the fastest uh, wide receivers in the league. And Scantling gets open. This is That's his thing, right? Like, you know, that's always been his thing. couple of big plays, you know, here or there. He's not really a consistent route runner or anything like that. He's more of like, just run straight down the field and we'll find you. They found him. That was their opportunity to win the game. Drop pass, right? We saw it, like, in the first game of the year. And, you know, it hasn't been a massive problem for them. But when you get into the playoffs and you're playing better teams, right, you're not always just like a nine-point favorite and stuff like that. Big win for Philadelphia, though. Philadelphia are like a college football team that, like, beat everybody, but they don't seem like you don't really know how good they are because they don't seem to play in a great conference or, like, you know. Seems like the last two years the Eagles' schedule has been kind of soft, and it has been. It's not like that it seems like it is. It has been soft. But... The Eagles schedule gets real right now. So they just they just passed their first test. That was a big test right there. Right? The Buffalo Bills schedule gets real. Like the NFL as a whole, there's really, really going to be some really important and big-time teams playing each other over the next, like all the way into the playoffs. Look at this is the Eagles schedule. We'll get to the Buffalo Bills schedule in a couple of minutes when our boy Mo comes. This is the Eagles schedule. Bills at Eagles, 49ers at Eagles, Eagles at Cowboys, Eagles at Seahawks. That's their next four games. It's not an easy run. Or leading, you know, coming off a Chief game, actually. Not to mention, it's Thanksgiving. You got a holiday this week, Thanksgiving week. Um, big, big game against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills have to, the Bills need to win a game. Let's roll. The Monday Night Meltdown. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Overhead. The the players, the hustlers, the people, the bustler, but everybody else in between. Joining us on the Sports Grid Radio and Television Networks, including the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, the 50,000 Watt, the Juggernaut SoCal in the house. Let's do this thing. And shout out to everybody that we ran into and met that came up to us um, this weekend in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the Formula One race and at Circus Sports and at the D. And at the Golden Gate, we were all over the place, including our crew at Dino's. Uh, shout out to uh, Dino's uh, Bar and Grill on Las Vegas uh, Boulevard. Uh, but a great time. It was an epic uh, weekend of racing. Forget about the stupid practice uh, stuff. To put in context, 
Um, there were 100,000 people a night, right? They sold, they basically sold 300,000 tickets, 100,000. You get a three-day pass. So, you know, they sold 100,000 tickets, essentially. There was less than 35,000 people at that practice. Like, going to the practice of, of going to the practice of the Formula One event is sort of like going to, like, day one of, like, a five-day Woodstock festival. It's like, all right, if you want to see the actual first, first opening band and nobody knows who the hell they are, and okay, you want to be, right? And I get it, there's hardcores, but forget about what happened on Thursday. They had their best race of the year from a tactical race-wise, and the spectacle was absolutely unbelievable on television. And uh, people that were there, even though uh, everybody paid a high ticket price to get in, People actually walked out of that place like in awe, like of, oh, my God, what the hell did we just see? One of the greatest sporting spectacles ever put together. Um, so uh, great stuff from Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, great stuff if you're a Philadelphia Eagle fan uh, tonight. And me as a Buffalo Bill fan, I kind of liked that Philadelphia won tonight. Not to mention that I bet on Philadelphia. I would have liked there to be more points in the game. But I kind of liked that Philadelphia won tonight because – now they're coming in off a win. The Buffalo Bills coming off a win against the New York Jets. But like Dave Mustaine said, so far, so good, so what? The Buffalo Bills need to start beating some good football teams to make up for the games that they've already lost. This is Sports Rage. Let's roll. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. This is Sportridge. I am Gable Morancy. We're kicking it the Monday Night Meltdown as we uh, recover from Las Vegas, Nevada. An epic time at uh, the Formula One race. And um, it really was just a crazy, crazy, crazy spectacle. But the actual race itself was just lit. Like the, the drama of the back and forth and the Checo fans, the Sergio Perez fans from Mexico that were like out in full force, man. Like, basically, the crowd was, like, I don't know, like, 60% Mexican. I'm not exaggerating. Like, it was it was basically 
it was like that much Mexican and a lot, a ton of like tens of thousands of Brits. Like I, I never met so many British people in my life. Right, as it's like being at uh, at a Who concert in London or something. Like I, everyone in line was England, England, England. They love that stuff. But Mexico, man, they love Sergio Perez, man. Like they love Formula One and stuff. Um, great, great time. And now next up in Vegas. So shout out to Derek Stevens for hosting us at the Circa Stadium Swim and the Circa Sportsbook on Fremont. Uh, Vegas' premier and America's premier sportsbook. Unbelievable experience, that stadium swim, if you've never been there before. And the pool is heated as well in the offseason, 80 degrees at all times. So they got the deck going during the games, and uh, Circa Sportsbook is just unbelievable. And then we were over at the D, which is a uh, really fun spot on Fremont Street. We did the shows there Thursday and Friday. So just for the record, for everybody in, uh, in Vegas, our next round of uh, live shows, although... For the most part, we're going to be in the in the media zones, but I think we'll we'll try to get out one night and do a public show, Super Bowl, which is right around the corner, and uh, we'll be at the Rose Bowl as well. We've got a lot of stuff going on, so uh, let's bring in Mo Khan uh, right now. Is the Philadelphia Eagles got a lot of stuff uh, going on? It's always big when you can beat a team that's your nemesis and or beat you in a championship game. Because you could face them again, Mo. Like, if you're Philadelphia and you you lost this game, and then you play the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl again, and that storyline is so daunting of, wow, you lost twice in the last 12 months to this same team, right? What's going to be different this time? That takes the pressure off them a little bit. Even though we credit Philadelphia for the win, Let's be real. Valdez Scantley should have caught that pass. I never like blaming one play. Well, I'm not blaming him per se for the loss, but that's a ball that should have been caught for a touchdown, and the Chiefs would have won the game. Yeah, Gabe. Well, there's two narratives to this football game. One, if the Eagles had lost, that would have opened the door for the Lions, Niners, and others to catch up to the Eagles, right? You mentioned at the top of the hour, the Eagles schedule being very brutal for them moving towards the end of the season. Number two, when you think about the Chiefs right now, Gabe, I thought about it recently. This is a team that has not really invested in a high-end draft pick on a receiver. I think Scott Moore was the highest pick. They acquired Kadarius Tony through trade, which wasn't a naturalized draft pick for them. And you saw today they were just not in sync. The telepathy with Mahomes not having that ability to connect with his receiving core hurt them. And, you know, Travis Kelsey, you can't rely on him all the time. You know, he's 34 years old. He's going to be 35 next year. And there's a lot of question marks about this Chiefs up into line two, which you and I conversed about back in August, saying can they protect Mahomes. And today, the Eagles, right, it wasn't big plays until the fourth quarter, but they kept with their game plan. They went body blow after body blow, and they pressured Mahomes. They got him off his, his comfort point and made him look uncomfortable at times, and quite frankly, I think that front seven for Philadelphia is the reason why the Philadelphia Eagles came with a victory over the Chiefs at Arrowhead today. Yeah, Kansas City's been getting by, not scoring a lot of points. But their defense has been able to to step up, but they ran into a team whose defense is as good as theirs and was able to get to Mahomes. And let's be real as well tonight, I brought it up earlier as far as uh, Byard being brought in specifically to to defend Travis Kelsey, and he ended yeah. up getting burnt on the touchdown. He got lost uh, on the Watson touchdown. The Kelsey touchdown is whatever. What the hell do you want anyone to do when you're that close and Kelsey's there? I mean, that, that was undefendable. But as a whole, they did a good job of taking Kelsey out of the game for the most part. And I would say, Mo, 
Kelsey kind of took himself out of the game. He had some drops. You could just see that wasn't Kelsey tonight, right? The fumble, the drops, it just wasn't. We can talk about the Eagles' performance on him, but he was not himself tonight. He had soft, like his hands, man. Like he's normally much better than he was tonight. Let's be real. He'd be the first to admit it. <laughs> he may have been real just narrow mentally, right? Thinking about Taylor Swift and the game itself against the Eagles, but well, the weather not, didn't not, help either. Not even kidding aside, whatever. Like, yeah, right. They are pretty but, clearly, you know, in love or whatever, bro. You, dude, you, if you're flying around the world to meet someone for a weekend, that's real. <laughs> so, yeah, like Taylor <laughs> Swift, a fan of hers, died yesterday. And, yes, right, yeah, you know, and Taylor Swift was pretty distraught about it, like for real. She was supposed to go to the game. It would have been a bad look for her to show up to the game and just party in a box, you know, a day after one of her fans died, especially the Swifties, right? They all stick together. But I sort of made not a joke about, but I said, you know, I said before the game, I said, you know, this guy's going to be distracted tonight. I bet you he's not himself. I I still bet on the score a touchdown tonight, but, you know, obviously it was the pressure getting to Mahomes, but uh, who's who can beat him in the AFC? Philadelphia is an NFC team. Who can knock off the Chiefs in the AFC? Who can do yeah, what they did? Baltimore? Look, I'm not going to discount the Chiefs, Gabe. They're still the team to beat. I, I'm not throwing them off the, the ship here and saying they're all done. No, they are this, this team to beat, right? Their, their path might be a little bit more difficult because it might be catched up to them, the, the lack of talent that they have the skill positions. And, you know, their defense is great. I mean, they held that Eagle offense in check for pretty much the entire game up until the final five minutes of that football game when the, when the Eagles finally scored a touchdown. But when you look at Mahomes, you're not going to – who? which quarterback in January are you taking to Mahomes? Trevor Lawrence? Probably not. Lamar Jackson? Can he stay healthy? Uh, Josh Allen? We don't know, right? I mean, he looked good against the Jets for a bit. And, you know, there's not a quarterback that I'm taking over Mahomes today. And guess who they have next? The Raiders. So they'll go back on – they'll go back on That's the, the thing. two things here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they'll play the Raiders, they'll play the Broncos, they'll play the Chargers again. They'll they'll get back in the swing of things here, Gabe. But, but my question, yes. don't you think? Like I was going to say, don't you think though? Yeah. To me, Kansas City would be super hard to beat, no matter who it is going in there. Like if they get yeah. the one seed, it, you know, it turns into a two game deal for them, right? They got to win two games to get to the Super Bowl. Their defense can manage this. The other team will choke, or you know, stuff will happen, etc. But looking right now, so Miami are seven and three, Baltimore are eight and three, Jacksonville are seven and three, Kansas City are seven and three. I would say that Baltimore, when you look at that division that they're in, Burrow is out. Um, obviously, Pittsburgh's got problems. I mean, Pittsburgh are six and four, and Najee Harris is like losing it, saying we suck. <laughs> I like his honesty, <laughs> saying, "Yeah, we're." He goes, "We're yeah. not as good as our record is." Trust me. Like he went all like off. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland just keep finding a way. But where I'm going with this is, looks like Bolt. Look, right now, Baltimore are in control to potentially get home field advantage in the AFC. I think home field would mean a lot this year in the playoffs, Mo, because all these teams are so. Evenly matched. I think the home field could make a difference in the playoffs. For this weekend, they are. But remember, they had their injuries too, right? Marlon Humphrey's not healthy. Ronnie Stanley's not healthy. Oh, uh, no, Mark Andrews is out. Yeah, Mark Andrews is out for pretty much the entire year. They might they might get him back, perhaps, for the playoff run. So, and, and let's not forget, Gabe, right? In the last two years, Lamar Jackson has gotten hurt late in the season. And so, could he stay healthy, right? I mean, Odell Beckham, I mean, he's not explosive as he once was, but 
when they played the Bengals last week on Thursday Night Football, the game was all was a wrap when Burrow went down. And the Bengals lost everything in that football game in their season as well. So I just think Baltimore, yes, for now, are, are you're going to be your favorites. But I'm not discounting the Chiefs because if they get that O-line situation solved, they will be more dynamic than what they are as they were displaying the last few weeks. And look, for Andy Reid, this is his first like, rare loss coming off a of bye week game. So a lot of things went against them, but I think they'll get it sorted out before it's all said and done. I think an X factor that we haven't talked about is the Buffalo Bills. Yet it has to start. It has to start at some point. And yesterday was the first step. But if the Bills are able to beat the Eagles and the Chiefs, then suddenly people are going to be scared of hell as hell of the Buffalo Bills. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. This is Sports Rage. I am Red C. 35-30 at the half right now. The UCLA Brewers lead Marquette. Uh, we're on UCLA plus the points. And uh, I took an in-game over 140.5. For the record, the in-game total right now is 139.5 at the half. Marquette are listed as one-and-a-half point favorites. Uh, 35-30 UCLA uh, right now. The Vancouver Canucks are up 3-1 on the San Jose Sharks with under seven minutes remaining in Vancouver very spirited game, man. The Canucks were massive favorites, like minus 440 or whatever, minus 430 uh, at, at close. And the Sharks have been competing all night, but it is 3-1 now for Vancouver. It's been a pretty physical game. Uh, we've also got the uh, Seattle Kraken leading the Calgary Flames at uh, 3-2. Uh, if you are with us earlier, we gave you the um, Houston Rockets plus the points tonight against the Golden State Warriors. And I said, maybe we can backdoor this. They were trailing like all night, man. They were down by like 10 and 12 for the most part all night. They end up backdooring it. We lose 121 to 116 Houston, but we were getting seven, seven and a half, seven points. Yeah, and even seven. And uh, we lose by five. That's nice. We'll take it. Uh, Mo Khan, TSN statistician, play-by-play man, uh, former uh, college wide receiver, and uh, more kicking it uh, with us uh, right now. So, uh, Mo. There was more than uh, just the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, but it's starting to get real right now in the football 
um, world with both college football, obviously rivalry week, but the NFL as well. These games are starting uh, to matter. And the Detroit Lions are making people very excited uh, right now. And uh, the Detroit Lions, I mean, remember in, how many how many times have we heard over the years, why are the Lions even on TV on Thanksgiving? People have wanted to take away this privilege that they've had of being on Thanksgiving because they're always terrible, right? And mm-hmm. nobody wants to watch the Detroit Lions play ever, but it's a little bit different now uh, that they're 8-2. and two. The party has begun. They came back and they won the football game against the Bears. Yet um, the Green Bay Packers, man, aren't just going to roll over for these guys on Thanksgiving. The Packers haven't had the best season, but they have been competitive. It's going to be a uh, should be an interesting football game. You know, it would be better if the Packers' record was better, but I think the Packers bring it. Now, we're going to have a competitive game Thursday afternoon. Yeah, I think it's a tricky game for them. I mean, you think about what the Bears did. I mean, there wasn't anything exotic against the Lions on Sunday. I mean, even with the two-score lead late in the football game and, and Jared Goff came back. But you look at the Lions right now, Gabe, and what they do very well, running the football, right? Montgomery has been that guy for them when he's healthy. And that's been the difference for them and why they've been so much more dynamic in offense because of Montgomery and having Jameer Gibbs and having the plethora of receivers to work with. But, you know, at some point now, with this game against the Packers and Gabe, all eyes will be on them because we always – you mentioned it right now, right? Every year people ask, why are the Lions on Thanksgiving, right? Now it's for them to justify the reasoning why they are that opening act on Thanksgiving. Can they smash the Packers at home to send that warning shot? Because after this game, they'll have a 10-day layoff before the next matchup. And for Jared Goff, this is a big referendum on him too because he's looking for that next big payday down the road. And if he continues to put these wins together, and since the last year, Gabe, the Lions have a 16-4 record, which I think is second best in the NFL uh, behind San Fran and one other team. I forget who the other one is. So they have played great football in the last 20 games. But now can they carry it over to the final six weeks of the regular season? And it will be because of Montgomery and how Jared Goff keeps his offense humming along with what he's done so far this season. They're a fun football team, the Detroit Lions. I like the edge that they play with, the belief that they have in each other. You've got a lot of good young players on the team, character guys, and you also have sort of a cast of players that other teams didn't want. Jared Goff, an example, Montgomery. I can go on. They're just sort of, you know, Dan Campbell. He's a raw, raw guy, but he's been criticized, but you're right as far as Jared Goff. I mean, Jared Goff over the last year and a half has played elite football, top five uh, QB in the NFL football. I mean, look, a guy went like 335 passes or whatever the hell it was without an interception. Then he threw the two or whatever right away. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> you know, I see this. This is crazy. For the first time ever, the Jags, Browns, and Lions are all 7-3 and three through 10 games. It's wild. It's <laughs> That's wild. all you need to know. And look, suddenly the Texans are winning. The Texans suddenly are like in the playoffs. Uh, and it's Monday right Night Football. Jacksonville, Houston's Monday Night Football next week, I believe. So that's a great game next week to have. You know, the it really is that this this Houston development man just cut, came out of nowhere and has exploded to keep the momentum uh, going. We actually took the points uh, in the game with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, we took we took the points. Uh, they covered, but another big win. And don't look now, man, but the Denver Broncos actually have the longest win streak going on in the AFC right now with a four-game win streak. Yeah, and That's the how crazy this is this year. 
<laughs> and the Vikings had the second longest winning streak uh, until he lost to Denver on Sunday. Yeah. But, you know, you, you know we, we, we're such a overreaction society when it comes to the NFL game, right? Because week two, they get smashed 70 to 20, and we think it's all over. Well, I thought it was over for Russell Wilson and for Sean Payton running that show. But, but what they've done well, though, is that that defense has played better football. Where they're, getting, they're getting to the quarterback now. And what Sean Payton has done was that he's gone off his rigid approach and said, let me cater to Russell's strengths, which is to improvise in the pocket, buy himself time, and get that ball to his playmakers, which he's done much better now than before. Now, the question is for this Bronco team as they go into their final uh, six games left in the regular season is can Russell Wilson maintain this? Because remember, Gabe, in his last few years, he's broken down. He's had some terrible stats with the Seahawks and with the Broncos last year in the months of late November going to December. So what type of rush will we get now going to the final six weeks of the season? And if they do come with another victory game, they put themselves firmly in that playoff race because, remember, they had the tiebreaker over the Buffalo Bills. Uh, they sell the Raiders left on the schedule towards the end of December. And they do have a chance to move up in the ladder here and get, get in maybe as a 9, if not 10-1 team if things fall into place for them. So we've got Thanksgiving, Green Bay Packers, Detroit Lions, Washington Commanders, Dallas Cowboys, and the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. The middle game is the game that's sort of the, ugh, you know what I mean? You know, Packer, Packers, Lions, hey, let's see, the Lions are good, let's see this, you know, and plus, you know, from a betting standpoint, it's seven and a half points. It's an interesting uh, betting uh, angle and an interesting game to bet on. So people are going to be intrigued about that. Listen, the Cowboys are popular, so people are going to watch the game. I get it. And, of course, it was announced Jimmy Johnson's going to get under the Ring of fan, Ring of Honor. And uh, well, what what did Jerry Jones tell him? The year, 1923. Yeah, 2030. Yeah, he said. <laughs> did he say 2020 through 2033? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He said 1923, yeah. And then Jim's like, oh, no, 2023, right? Yeah, yeah, 2023, December 30th. Yeah, so there's a little bit of confusion. But, yeah, Jimmy Johnson will be going in uh, finally. Like, obviously long overdue. But, the Cow- listen, the Cowboys are pretty good at destroying bad teams. And, I don't know, the Commanders are also weird, though, right? I mean, they're terrible. And yeah, look what they did against the Eagles twice this year. Like they, you know what I mean, like so once in a while in these division games they'll show up. But I gotta believe this is the end for Ron Rivera. He's gonna have time to spend time on a boat. He could be Riverboat Ron for real. He can go on a cruise and gamble on a cruise because it's it's over. Like you got a new owner there and stuff, but the same crap, the same stuff. These guys don't even have hot water after their game. Right, I mean, it's just this yeah. this franchise is just always a disaster. But hard to get in front of the Cowboys here. And you get San Francisco and Seattle, in which this game, San Francisco, we're starting to put it together in people's minds a little bit right now and getting things back on track. Brock Purdy, you know, whatever, had a near-perfect game from a QBR uh, rating. I think it was actually perfect. But... um now they get the Seattle Seahawks. The question is, will it be Geno Smith? Will it be Drew Locke? I'm not sure there's that much of a difference, to be honest. And that's not to disrespect Geno Smith, because I think Geno is okay. But I think Drew Locke is better than people realize. I don't think there's a big difference between Geno Smith and Drew Locke, to be honest. Uh, but what do you think about this football game? The Niners are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, I think that's the right spread, right point spread. Um, Drew Locke, if you remember, Gabe, when they acquired him for Russell Wilson, they thought he would be the number one quarterback in Seattle, not not Geno, uh, Geno Smith right now. And I just think 
in this situation, the key for the Seahawks will be the running game. Charbonnet and, and Kenneth Walker, they have to carry the load because when you watch that fourth quarter against the Rams on, on Sunday, uh, and when, when Drew Locke was in the, in the game, he had some terrible throws. I mean, and that's, that's just a lack of first-team reps with his receiving court to, to have that comfort level going forward here. And if Drew Locke is going to play on a short week, you got Chase Young, you got Nick Bosa coming off the edges, uh, and Javon Har- Hargrave up the middle. Uh, Eric Armstrong up the middle. I mean, that is a, a ferocious pantheon of pass rushers to look at if you're the Seahawks front five. So it's going to be on that running game. And they got to put Drew Locke, or whoever might be the quarterback, in the position to make simple throws and get to the pass catchers. Because, Gabe, Seattle has playmakers. But the question for them, though, is can they be more consistent at that quarterback position, which has been lacking for them this year? Because in reality, Gabe, they could easily be 8-2 and two than what their current record has indicated so far this season because they lost twice to the Rams already. The Seattle Seahawks are, are in trouble moving forward, like a lot of other teams. Like the schedule in the National Football League, like I said, from a fan standpoint, it almost looks like what the Big Ten schedule is going to be like next year where every, every Saturday there's going to be like three or four massive games that feel like games of the year type of deal. We went over the Eagles schedule. The Buffalo Bills schedule is killer. And this is the Seattle Seahawks schedule. So they host San Francisco on Thursday. Then next Thursday, they're at Dallas. They're playing back-to-back Thursday games. So they get an NBC game on Thursday. Then they get an Amazon game the following week. So it's uh, versus San Francisco at Dallas. Then they go to San Francisco. So, in other words, their next three yeah. games against the San Francisco 49ers twice and the Dallas Cowboys. And then, oh, yeah, after that, they host the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't see how the wheels don't fall off like Lando Norris. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms. And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. All right, a broken clock is right uh, twice a day, and we've hit a couple of winners on the way out. If you were with us earlier, I said, you know what, probably 3-1, 4-1 Vancouver. They end up winning 3-1. We hit the in-game unders. We hit the Canucks minus 1.5. We hit that prop. Canucks to win the regulation. And um, 
both teams not to score three goals. So that was a good run in the Vancouver Canuck uh, game. We backdoored the NBA game. And uh, now we're in overtime with the Calgary Flames and the Seattle Kraken. We're on the Kraken. We're tied at three. We're in overtime. There's like, uh, what, two two twenty two left in overtime. So nobody scores. We'll be going to a shootout. For the record, I usually lose shootouts from a betting perspective. But things are going pretty well. So why? Let's not be negative about it. Let's see what happens uh, here. But we are on the Kraken. We're kicking it with Mo Khan. Time flying by. A lot of stuff I want to get to here. Um. I want to get to the rivalry week as far as college football is concerned, but we got the Black Friday game, Dolphins and Jets. It should be noted the Zach Wilson era has most likely come to an end unless Boyle really, really is bad, and they have no choice but to go back to Wilson down the road. But um, Boyle will be the starting quarterback on Friday. The Jets are getting 9.5 points against the Dolphins. We should note that that's always been a weird rivalry, though. Weird, weird things have happened when these teams play each other. And Calgary have just scored, so we don't have to worry about the, the 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 penalty shots and the shootout. They just won anyways. 4-3, Calgary wins in overtime. Okay, so the big games this week, we're kicking it with Mo Cod. Uh Big games uh, this week, we've got uh, the Jacksonville Jags at the Houston Texans. The, uh, the Jags are one-point favorites in Houston. This is massive. Total is 48-and-a-half. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals. Big game for both of those teams. Um, the Buffalo Bills and the Philadelphia Eagles. You want a flashy matchup? We got another one here. That game's at 4:25 Eastern time. The Bills are three and a half point underdogs against the Philadelphia Eagles. The total is 48. The Chiefs coming off the loss tonight are like nine and a half in Las Vegas in Allegiant, where the Super Bowl is going to be. Totals 44. The Chargers, Staley's job is going to be on the line here for real soon. They're getting four points in this game. That's Sunday night football. And uh, the Bears and the Vikings, unfortunately, is the uh, the Monday nighter uh, this week. But what do you think about the Eagles coming off this win? Do you think they go back-to-back and beat the Bills, or can the Bills step up and beat a good team? The question is, Gabe, which Buffalo Bills team will we see? I mean, you think about the, the, the Bills schedule for the remainder, I believe. They're all in key window games, right? Either prime time or, or late afternoon games, pretty much. But my question for the Buffalo Bills is that how will they react coming off an emotional win against the Jets, right? You're playing a, a physical Eagle defense. And physicality has not been the, the forte of the Bills' offensive line this year. So can you contain that, that pass rush? Can you contain Jalen Cutter, who's been a, a man-child blowing up the middle of, of the O-line of opposing, D, opposing offenses this year? If you can't contain Jalen Carter, this opens up for the pass rush edges to come off and this blow-up quarterback. So I just think that's going to be key for the Buffalo Bills is that pass protection for Josh Allen. And we saw it tonight, Gabe, in, in Kansas City. Mahomes was uncomfortable the entire time. If Allen's going to be uncomfortable, and he throws that ball up in the air. You talk about this Eagles secondary. They reloaded with Bayard on the back end here. They can pilfer for a couple of passes. So I think the Eagles have the edge coming to this football game. But it's going to be the Buffalo Bills Olin that wins in that matchup. Yeah, the physicality could be a problem. It's one thing to bully the New York. Listen, the Jets are a pretty physical team, but it's it's, it's easier to do when you're terrorizing Zach Wilson at the quarterback position than Jalen Hurts. This is it for the Bills. Like, this this game, if they lose this game, it doesn't eliminate them from the playoffs. But at some point, they need to turn the corner, right? At some point, it's yeah. not enough to lose all the time. They lose the big game, and then it's like, okay, 
we'll beat the Giants and we'll get back on track. We'll beat the Commanders. Like the that's been they've been saved by this. But then you know they cough that Denver game could come back to really be the one. But they haven't won a big game since the Miami game, right? That was a heavily hyped game, and they smoked uh, they smoked the Dolphins. Since then, they've been bad. Let's just call it out for what it is. Maybe they got a little confidence back, but they're gonna need the they're gonna need Josh Allen at his best, bro. Right? They're gonna need Diggs at his best uh, here. And as you stated, they're gonna need their defense to step up. And I don't know about their their secondary. It could be a problem for them, but they are capable of doing it. What's your pick for the mm-hmm. game? I got the Eagles because the one-on-ones, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, those are problems. And the Bills don't have the horsepower in the back end of their defense to keep up with those guys. And even though Philadelphia's down guys with the, with the tight end position being weakened right now, look at Swift, DeAndre Swift coming out of the backfield. I mean, he's, he's, he's a Swiss Army knife for the Eagles offense. And if he gets that one-on-one matchup with those linebackers, it's game over. So I just think for Brian Johnson, the OC of the Eagles, if he can come up with a proper game plan, and think about this game, right? Buffalo's offense has underachieved, as we know. But the Eagles' offense has also underachieved. So they're still a work in progress. And if they get this going the right direction, man, the final six weeks could be a, a diving board for the Eagles to get themselves ready and, and, and with that piece of machinery they have with their offense to get going the right direction with the playoffs not too far away now. Mo Khan, uh, kick it with us. All right, let's get to uh, to college uh, football. What a great week of football that we have, man, all week. There's there's football games tomorrow night, too, in, in the Sun Belt, actually. Or, excuse me, in the MAC, uh, our final yeah. match. Uh, our final match. Let me see uh, as far as uh, this week, as far as the MAC. This is it. The run of football games on every day is uh, is over. So, my bad. Yeah, MAC, no Sun Belt. Uh, Bowling Green, Western Michigan, Eastern Michigan, and Buffalo. Then there's no college uh, football on Wednesday. So, yeah, the run is done. Then you got uh, Mississippi, the Egg Bowl, Mississippi, and Mississippi State on Thursday night. Friday, we've got uh, there's a bunch of games Friday. Iowa, Nebraska at noon Eastern, uh, Memphis and Temple, Miami, Florida, Boston College, Ohio, Akron, TCU, Oklahoma, uh, Toledo, Central Michigan. The real big one, actually, on um, you got Texas Tech on Friday night against yeah, Texas. That's a fun one. That's going to be a yeah, good one. That's a big one. And obviously, you've got the, the last ever Civil War, um, even though I don't think they call it that anymore, but whatever. Uh, the Beavers and, and the Ducks, right? It's, that's, that's as big as it gets as well. And then, uh, from what I hear, there's a game uh, Saturday at noon, Eastern time, that's actually of pretty big importance. The Michigan Wolverines and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Michigan are three-and-a-half-point favorites in the game. The total is 46. Michigan, of course, have beaten them the last two years. I brought up earlier, Mo, before you joined us, about earlier in the season we saw Ohio State's offense was a lot like Kansas City, was challenged, all right? And they were getting by because of their defense, and they were winning those 14-10-style games against Notre Dame and, and, and Penn State. And they kept getting saved. Marvin Harrison, McCord would find them, and it'd be a big catch here, a big catch there. And it wasn't didn't feel sustainable. But now they've got Henderson back healthy in the backfield, and it's been a big difference, right? I mean, he's a scary running back when he's healthy, but he's always been hurt over the last couple of years. But the last two, three weeks, last three weeks, they've dialed it up their ground game. Ohio State are playing their best football right now. Like they are starting to peak at the right time going into this Michigan game. They are loaded with talent. 
Michigan have kind of been on cruise control for the most part. I know they got the uh, the win against Penn State. Yeah. I think Ohio State have a massive chip on their shoulder here. This is a dangerous game for Michigan, man. And, you know, Michigan are three-and-a-half-point favorites here. And, oh, yeah, they won't have Harbaugh on the sideline. Who do you like in this game? I like Michigan. And, and Gabe, you know, when we look at the uh, CFB for tomorrow, I will be curious to see where they rank Michigan going in. Because I, I believe that FSU is is tearing towards being on the exit now and having Oregon jump in or maybe Washington jump in uh, at the number four spot. So I think for Ohio State, if they were to lose, say, last second field goal at the buzzer, um, they might stick at three, probably four, and FSU probably drops out no matter what they do against Florida because I think FSU now with no Jordan Travis is going to hurt them immensely. And I think the, the um, committee is going to say we need to get a proper team with a quarterback in there. So one of those Pac-12, Pac-12 teams will jump up in there. But I just think for Michigan, if they do beat Ohio State they at home. They will now. They will, You're yeah. right. They, they will now. They but the thing to. is, you can't punish a team because their quarterback's gone. Like, if they don't lose, you can't punish them. Like basically, right, FS, but, like if FSU slip up, they're done. Point blank. There's no. There's no disputing it. If FSU no. run the table, they're making the playoffs. But they're not going to run the table though. Like, it, like Gabe. Let's say for all intents and purposes, they get in as the fourth team. They're going to get smashed by Georgia or Michigan as the whoever the one seed will be. That's a fact. Okay, so I, I, the won't dis- I won't. I won't dispute it. But at the same point in time, the committee's not going to screw a a thirteen and O team. Like, especially a big time team, you can't screw everybody else because one kid. You've got to you've got to line them up. Now, stuff can happen before we get there. I hear what you're saying, but listen, there's too much stuff to start worrying about the playoff yet. Even though saying <laughs> that going into the last week, because so much can happen in the conference championship games too. You're gonna have Alabama nice to and see, Georgia. Yeah. You're gonna have Oregon yeah. versus Washington. Like, there's gonna be all these real things that could happen and really be cosmic shifts. You know what I'm saying? They see next weekend for conference titles Friday, Saturday, that's where we're going to have the fun, right? The Big 12, the Pac-12, and the SEC. And I think in this game yeah, on this Friday, is the Big Ten Saturday, Championship. But if Michigan does beat Ohio State, I think Michigan will be your one going towards next weekend's championship uh, games uh, that will happen. And if Ohio State does win, I think they will jump up that one spot because again the body work for Ohio State even though Nordham has kind of conquered out here even Penn State too Ohio State's gone perhaps on the road to beat another top 10 team at the time in Michigan if they do that Gabe uh, Ohio State might get back into that number one spot if not for sure the number two spot going towards next weekend all right so uh, Montreal is the place to be uh this week an epic comeback in the Great Cup championship game uh people saw it at the halftime show tonight Chris Berman showing some love but just another epic Grey Cup game. And I believed in the Alouettes all year long, actually. I bet on them almost on a weekly basis. And I did not believe in them going into the game. I thought, you know what? Winnipeg blew the Grey Cup championship last year. They won't take Montreal for granted. And look, it's 17-7. They're seemingly in control. But, you know, like, really? And, you know, players always say the same thing after. Nobody believed in us. And, you know, we were underdog and all that type stuff. Everybody says that. Alabama says that. Saban says that. Like, yeah. right? No, nobody believed in us. Shut up. Like, you're Alabama. People believe in you. But it is true. Like, nobody nobody wanted Cody Fajardo, right? People thought Jason nope. Moss. People in Edmonton think Jason Moss is, like, can't coach and, like, is the coolest. And Danny Machocha doesn't know what he's doing. And, 
I could go on and on. They really were a collection of guys that nobody wanted that came together. Yeah, they're a collection of misfits, outcasts, guys that were discarded by teams. I think the, the fortune changed for them game when they brought in Sean Lemon, Darnell Sankey, who won an XFL title about like four months ago uh, in the Rock League. So I just think that they all came together. I think the turning point was when Kolaros threw that red zone INT when he had King of Lawler open and was picked off by Ento. And that changed the whole diagram of that football game. And Montreal didn't look back. And I think that kind of spooked Kolaros in the Winnipeg offense. And look, kudos to Montreal. They played well. They peaked at the right time. Defense played out very well. And that's why, with them becoming now the new villains of the CFL, this because must see TV next year on how they were after the football game being questionable or questioning the league and their lack of bilingual signs because there was no French representation at the Great Cup in Hamilton this past weekend. And um, you wouldn't think of Montreal being a place where there's a NCAA college basketball tournament, but we'll let you know about that on the way out with Mo on the other side. But there is this week. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. All right, we're into the three-minute warning uh, right now. Once again, thanks to everybody that we hooked up with uh, this week in Las Vegas, Nevada. Bunch of regular listeners. Our boy Leg Show was in the house. That was super cool to hook up uh, with Leg Show. It's always cool uh, to meet people that we see uh, in the chat. Uh, we're out of time, but there was a ton of people. Um, shout out to uh, to uh, to Craig as well. All kinds of uh, all kinds of dudes. But uh, Derek Stevens down at the Circa. If you're in Vegas, check it out. It's an awesome spot to watch some football. So I brought it up. We got a bunch of college basketball tournaments going on. We're on UCLA and the over in this game, over one thirty six and a half in game. But Bowling Green, Canisius, uh, Lipscomb, uh, Wolford, Western Kentucky, and UNC Asheville—the Northern Classic uh, this week. Uh, Mo, just uh, a couple of more games to bet on this Thanksgiving uh, weekend. I know uh, this is the second edition of the Northern Classic. Good stuff. There's been buzz. Adam Silver brought it up about a potential expansion team. In Montreal, this is just all part of building basketball and the culture of basketball. Hosting an NCAA tournament is a great idea. I know it's a success 
uh, last year. I'll have my eyes on these games, uh, Mo, and I'll be betting these games. Yeah, I look forward to calling all nine games this weekend. And all these teams, I think two of them can definitely be on the radar uh, of tournament time in March. We're, we're talking March Madness now in mid, late November here. And the team I'm watching out for is Western Kentucky and what they can do. Uh, they had a pretty good run in the first couple of games of the season here. And they could be tournament bound with what they've built up through the transfer portal and what they have currently in the roster. Great stuff, uh, Mo. For the record, uh, right now, UCLA are up 45 42. Uh, in this game, 45-42. The in-game total is 133.5 if you want to jump in on this. They're not really fouling each other that much. That's why there hasn't been many points. They only scored 22 points in the second half, but you got to believe that the fouls are going to start to come. Uh, we're, we've got UCLA plus 2.5 and over 136.5, 45-42 Bruins right now with 12 minutes left. Always uh, great with Mo Khan. Thanks to all of our guests that joined us uh, this evening. Uh, we'll be rocking it all week long, and uh, we will be on. Special uh, program uh, note, although we're going to be starting um, we're gonna be starting earlier. We're going to be on at uh, 8 o'clock Eastern Thursday and Friday. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions.